I want you to please give a rousing Owensboro reception to that Rocky Mountain man himself, Mr. John Denver. Beautiful folks, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me here to uh, help you celebrate the opening of the Park uh, River Park Center. And thank you for giving me uh, the opportunity to enjoy one of the things that I enjoy most in the world, which is singing with a live orchestra, the Owensboro Symphony Orchestra. This is Inquire, and I'm Don Wilkins, and that was the late John Denver, who not only opened this podcast, but the River Park Center in September of 1992. Denver, along with the late Florence Henderson, were the main headliners. And joining me is River Park Executive Director, Roxy Witt, who has been with the River Park Center since January of 1992. Uh, now, Roxy, I want you to listen to this and then take us back to that opening night and describe what that night was like. From the banks of the Ohio River in Owensboro, Kentucky, KET and the Kentucky Center for the Arts are proud to present the River Park Center Gala Benefit Opening, starring John Denver, Lawrence Henderson, the Kentucky Opera with Marilyn Taylor, and James Albritton, flautist Jim Walker, the Dance Theater of Owensboro, country singer-songwriter Marty Brown, Kentucky humorist Carl Hurley. Well, I wish your listeners could see the grin on my face uh, because what it brings back is just a, a wash of, of tremendous memories. Obviously, there was a great deal of excitement and nerves. Uh, were we going to pull off this grand show that we had put together? Because uh, when you try to combine all of those different elements, that's that's a lot. We had people coming from all over the state. Um, the governor was here. Uh, all of our representatives were here. Um, it was a grand night for Owensboro for us to finally throw the doors open and show folks what River Park Center was all about. Now, I know there was quite a bit of anxiety leading up to it because you guys were trying to get this the doors open and raising the $16.5 million uh, that it was taken under the construction. So was there any kind of anxiety, wondering, are we going to be able to to get these doors open in time for this night? Um, there were some hiccups, but, uh, you know, c construction projects always bring some tension. Uh, the, the biggest issue that we really had was that we discovered in August that there were some seats in the balcony that were actually blocked and, and didn't have that wonderful sight line that we had told everybody that every seat would have. And we actually made the contractors come in and they built rooms inside the balcony lobby or the balcony seating and reconstructed, reconfigured the steps going up to the upper balcony. Now this According to, to the research that I did, this was called the social event of the century, at least locally. Do you remember, uh, you know, that that being thrown around? Oh, absolutely. I mean, people were decked out like Owensboro's never seen. And the trolley, you know, brought folks in and uh, uh, the tuxes and, you know, it was called the adult prom. And uh, it was it was a night to remember without a doubt. Yeah, this was in 1992, 
and I think, well, the tickets were two hundred and fifty dollars uh, to attend this, and I was in I was in well just graduated high school then, so I, I could barely afford to put gas in my car then, so much less than the two hundred and fifty dollars. So I remember this event, but I remember thinking, you know, I'm not going to be one of those folks uh, to get to go see you know John Denver, the late John Denver, and you know one of my guitar heroes. So uh, I, I missed out on that, so I'm glad we're able to, to do this and talk to you about that. Um, this was a $16.5 million, uh, f what I would consider first-class uh, performing arts center uh, with its 40-foot windows overlooking the Ohio and uh, River and the Blue Bridge, 1,500-seat uh, Cannon Hall with its 70-foot ceilings. I mean, talk about this performing arts center, Roxy, and, and, and those aspects of it and where it was at that point as far as performing arts centers in the state. Sure. The state really only had one other performing arts center, and that was the Kentucky Center for the Performing Arts. Uh, we were the next performing arts center built. And um, I was I worked with Theater Workshop of Owensboro as a volunteer before I was hired uh, as the uh, director of operations at the time. And... Um, the thing that the thing that I told the consultants when I was working as a volunteer with Theater Workshop and talked to them about what did we need for Theater Workshop to perform at River Park Center was don't build us just a glorified high school auditorium. And as I give tours, I always say our founders did so many things right. Um, 25 years later, we're still finding things that we can do in that building rather than going, oh, my goodness, I wish we'd, if we'd only done this, then we could blah, blah, blah. And here, here's what I mean. The acoustics in Cannon Hall are absolutely second to none of any performing hall in the country and that's really true and and every symphony conductor when they did their conductor search every conductor said that to me and I think to others about that the acoustics were part of what attracted them the the acoustician that our founding fathers hired did the renovation of Carnegie Hall in the late 1980s the and then we had a full-time theater consultant and there are so many um so many small elements and small things that they added to uh, the facility that are built in that not every theater has. Uh, so it, it has it has performed well for Owensboro and, and continues to. We had Les Mis come in and see if they could do a, if they could actually perform the show on our stage, technically. If the set would fit, if the lights and all that kind of stuff, it, it would work. The only problem was we didn't have enough seats to make it economically feasible for both parties. So they did choose to go to Evansville. But that, that I thought, was a good stamp of approval for the, for the hall. So talk about how, how was the River Park built? When I say that, how was the money raised to build this? Owensboro has a very, very vibrant arts community and always has. Uh, the Owensboro Symphony, the Owensboro Dance Theater, Theater Workshop of Owensboro. And that's what caused people to say these these fine arts groups need a decent performing space and there were several tries at building a performing arts center this one finally worked when the state came up and granted 4.5 million dollars then mayor dave adkison appointed a board of directors who more than doubled 
that money and raised over $10 million to build the River Park Center. That's why we're here today. And we raised that money privately. I mean, that was Queen Hughes Cannon who left us $3.2 million in her will. And it's uh, many other companies and individuals who gave until it hurt to make sure that Owensboro could have the River Park Center. And, and since then, you guys have had, um, I guess you're the fifth uh, executive director or CEO, I guess CEO and president, that, that was what this position was originally called. So you had Rodney Berry, Kirk Kirkpatrick, what, is he, what position has he not held in this county? And John Bolton and Zeb Buffman and then, and then yourself. Um, so in 25 years... You know, that's not that's not bad, you know, uh, so it shows some stability there. And, and and that means that you guys are able to get in there and, and get familiar, you know, with the types of entertainment that we need and, and work with people. And so how important has this stability been with the River Park Center? It in, incredibly important. And, and I, I go back again to the original board of directors. We still have one member of our board of directors that has served the entire time. Only one, so we do have a lot of turnover, but we do still have, again, the connection uh, from the beginning to to now. And the staff has a great deal of, of stability as well. Our overall staff would have a tenure of five-plus years. We only have ten full-time staff members. So that's a pretty stable uh, record as as well, and and that helps us transition from year to year and transition as as things have developed and things have certainly changed over the years. When we opened, the executive inn was still there, uh, and so obviously now the whole riverfront has transformed, and and we're adjusting and adapting and and finding our place in the new downtown environment. So how how has that been now? I guess kind of, I don't know, do you consider the River Park Center as a competitor? You mean the convention center? Yes, the convention yeah, center. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, not really. Uh, their, their mission is to serve folks that are coming in from outside of the community and coming here to visit. That That's really their primary focus. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't some overlaps, but we really work together. And it, uh, Friday After Five is really a good example. Folks start at our place early, and then they end at the convention center a little bit later. So uh, we do have to work together, and, and we do have to find our, find our way. But it's exciting to see how much more activity is downtown these days, how many more festivals, how many you know, more people are down there on a regular basis. Now, in 2011, you guys had this mortgage-burning ceremony that was held, and... and so can you kind of describe that feeling and what that has enabled you to do by no longer having that debt? It it was amazing to finally, we'd had this albatross of what started out as about $5 million in debt. Uh, when we opened the building, to it, it was down to $4 million, uh, $4.6 million, I believe, when we had the uh, mortgage burning. Uh, it really was an albatross around our neck. You know, all fundraising had to start there. Uh, we had to worry about how we were going to pay our debt. And uh, so that, that, was, that, was, that was tremendous. So it's been, it's been great, and we've been able to go out now and get with 
local foundations. Uh, Davis County Fiscal Court's been a big supporter, Impact 100, Young Foundation, and others to do some ongoing maintenance and capital improvements that were needed in the facility, whether that was reupholstering the chairs in Cannon Hall, it's been uh, buying new light fixtures, the theatrical lighting fixtures in Cannon Hall. We had the original lighting fixtures until about three years ago, and, and we have slowly been replacing those, again, thanks to impact, thanks to fiscal court, um, and, and making some of those uh, changes. We have replaced all of the roofs. We have 17 different roof structures across our facility. And those have all been replaced. So we're in a good place uh, from a from a facility standpoint. But those are the kinds of things that we continue to do, uh, and we still now need more money for an operating endowment that helps give us some stability when we want to take big risks on a show, and that might or might not be successful. And and right now we're hampered with a, a break-even budget that, you know, we don't have any excess funds. You answered, I guess, one of my other questions was, you know, this building now 25, pushing 26 years old, as far as how is it holding up, uh, if you were starting to see, you know, wear and tear on it and so forth and any upgrades you're doing. And, and again, you answered uh, quite a bit of that, but do you, are there any other, uh, you know, changes or updates that, that, that you need to, that you need to make or any concerns about the wear and tear on this building being almost a quarter of a century old now? We'll continue to, to make, you know, uh, monitor those as certainly as we go along. I think probably within the next 10 years we will replace Cannon Hall's sound system. Uh, it's the original sound system. Uh, it's not the original sound board, but the original speakers and that sort of thing. And, and there have been a number of improvements in that arena over the years. Uh, if you know anything about sound, line array speakers are the thing these days, and um, uh, we're still operating on a on a mono uh, sound system. So um, there certainly are uh, things that, that we will continue to, uh, to, to work toward. So where does most of your funding come from during the year now? Ticket sales, um, city government, uh, county government, uh, the state, we have rental income, we have concessions, uh, so it, 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 there, there are several buckets uh, that make up our about two to two and a half million dollar budget. It varies depending upon the show, shows that we have lined up. Do we have five Broadway shows? Do we have six Broadway shows? That sort of thing. Now, can you talk about uh, the, I, I guess, the, the economic impact of events that come to the uh, River Park Center? Uh, I read uh, when I was doing some research this uh, your the Motown, the musical, and you talked about the impact that it had uh, locally. Can you talk about just the overall economic impact that the River Park Center has had on this community? Absolutely. Um, we don't think about it, but you know, I mentioned earlier we do have ten full-time employees. Those are those are new jobs that this community certainly didn't have. We have a number of part-time jobs, and and when you talk about Motown. Um, that was a show that teched here. That means it came in and did its final rehearsals and first performance ever in front of an audience on our stage. And the uh, 
so that brings a lot of economic impact to the community because the company, the cast, the crew, uh, and the designers all come in. They stay in the hotels. Uh, they eat in our restaurants. And then they, again, employ people. Um, and they're, they're part-time jobs, but they employ, and it's a tremendous amount. We're talking we easily spend $100,000 in in hard dollars on employees on part-time stage labor during that week. So there's 20 to 40 people every day that are working 8 to 12 to 14 hours a day uh, the entire time they're in our they're in our building and we've done that about 16 times over the 25 years uh, so that's that's millions of dollars um, Friday after five doesn't get enough credit for bringing folks into town I, I, personally I, I would tell you uh, having talked to a lot of people and and having it's, it's amazing to me when I, if I go to Evansville, people go, oh, yeah, you all have got that Friday after 5. We don't have anything like that. We come over there and, you know, check that out. Those folks are spending money in this community as well, and that's what it's all about. I don't get over to the Friday after 5 as much as I would like to, and I know every time that I do go, uh, I love the atmosphere, the you know, the bands, and it's all, it's all free, you know, unless, you know, unless you're buying booze, but otherwise, you know, you go hear uh, real good entertainment, professional musicians, and you walk up and down the riverfront there. It's it's just a very nice atmosphere during during the summer. So, I, Roxy, you, you're right that the Friday after five makes a difference there. I, I do want to I do want to switch gears just slightly because I want to talk about you know your background. Uh, I know you have a background in performing arts or, or theater management. So can you talk about what led you into this field and why you wanted to work uh, for a brand new performing arts center without any track record of success? You know, that's what brought you here. You know, this was a brand new performing arts center and you, uh, you know, we're, you were elsewhere. And so can you talk about that aspect of it and what brought you here to take a chance on this new River Park Center? Sure. Well, I was lucky, and I and I got into doing theater in in high school, uh, and I, and I I loved it. It would just got in my blood, and um, but I didn't never dreamed of a job in in theater arts. Um, but when I went uh, when I went to college, I was going to be a lawyer, and uh, but then I I got back involved in theater in college again, and ended up majoring in speech and theater arts at Murray State, and and um, uh, did get a teaching degree, and really envisioned being a high school uh, teacher. Got out, couldn't get a job, went back and got a master's in business administration uh, from Murray. Had never dreamed of that either, uh, but you know, God had a, God had a plan, and I, you know, I, I, I say that because when I look back, the line is so very, very straight in in how I got where I am, Don. Uh, but it wasn't at the time. It it seemed very uncertain. But when I was in grad school, that's when Murray State opened the Curris Center, and I was involved in uh, operations at the Curris Center as as a, a student and very involved in scheduling and working with custodians and all of those kinds of things. Great, great, great background and great uh, learning that I was able to transfer directly to River Park many years later. Because uh, I got out and then I got into 
working in economic development financing uh, for the Green River Area Development District and did that. But as soon as the headline came out, River Park, I mean, Owensboro receives $4.5 million grant, I said, that's where I want to work. And what I did then was after they hired Rodney, I sent a letter and and uh, and then I sent a second letter and I the second letter was a little more forceful and said, look, here are some of the things that I would be doing if you'd hire me today. Uh, and that was in the fall of 91. Uh, and that was negotiating contracts with the resident user groups and you know that kind of that kind of stuff, and and deciding on the fixtures and all of those kinds of things that needed to go into the building, and the policies and scheduling procedures, and all of those kinds of things. Which again, because of my experience at the Curtis Center, I was aware of the need for those kinds of things. So um, I was thrilled uh, to be to be hired as the director of operations, and very excited, and and have been very excited to come to work every day still consider my, uh, that I have the best job in Owensboro. So I can't let you get out of here without talking about Saturday night celebration and what that's all about and what uh, folks can expect. It's, it's a mini version of the original gala, uh, and it certainly is a scaled-down version. Uh, but the original, the original gala was designed to show Owensboro all of what would happen at River Park. And, again, we're still in a very uh, much shorter show. The original gala was about four hours long, by the way, the full length. Uh, this one is going to be less than two hours, I promise you. Uh, we will have the Owensboro Symphony will open us up with a great overture. Uh, then the Owensboro Symphony Chorus will perform. Uh, then we will have a bluegrass band connected with the International Bluegrass Music Center. Tara Estes will sing as Dolly Parton, uh, doing uh, Coat of Many Colors. Uh, and um, the Owensboro Dance Theater will do a number accompanied by the Owensboro Symphony Orchestra, which is always exciting for them to get to perform with the live orchestra. And Goldie will finish out the uh, first half with uh, the Lighthouse, a, a gospel number. And, and I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you and remind your listeners that uh, Goldie also performed in the Hard Hat concert. We had a concert a week before the opening of River Park Center for the construction workers. It's a it's a tradition in new buildings where you have a performance. It sort of lets you ring out the hall, and uh, we used Goldie and her band, and everybody had a great time. We had a, a nice picnic and that sort of thing. So it's fitting that Goldie ends. Then we come back after intermission, and Jim Brickman, a world-class pianist, uh, will entertain for about 30 minutes. Uh, he will do a number, a finale with the Owensboro Symphony, and then we're going to finish with a little bit of a throwback to the opening of River Park, and hopefully the entire audience, as well as all the performers, will do Country Roads in tribute to John Denver. That's what I'm talking about, Country Roads, one of my favorite John Denver songs. Hope you'll be there and join us. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to try to be there, Roxy, I promise you. Great. And so I want to thank Roxy Witt for joining us, and that will wrap up our show for this week. To send us questions or to provide feedback, email us at newscast at messenger-inquire.com. And remember, you can find us on the Messenger Inquire's website, its mobile app, and iTunes, where you can subscribe to Inquire. 
Until next time, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquire. Yeah.